All right. We are live. Episode number four of MMA Suck Alive. Joined by Dan Rose as always. Thank you guys for joining us. Pouring myself a non-sponsored Rockstar Thermo. Dan was blazing a little some THC over there. Also non-sponsored. <laughs> Not sponsored, but you know, hit us up. Obviously. Dude, for real, hit us up. <laughs> so uh, lots to talk about this week. We are coming off of UFC 258, which we haven't spoke about yet. We uh, have UFC Vegas 19 upon us in the coming week this Saturday. We've also got LFA 100 on Friday and a shit ton of MMA news to discuss. But uh, let's start off with some crazy Netflix documentary drama. Man, oh man, uh, I'm sure everyone out there, I know you have, but uh, the Cecil Hotel, man, is this shit haunted? Is it uh, possessed? Was Elisa Lamb possessed? Like, holy crap. It was only four episodes, and uh, we got quite the, the dive. Those uh, YouTube sleuths were something else. Man, I'll tell you what. If they put up another five episodes, I'd, I'd binge them all tonight. That was absolutely bananas. Uh, there were a few people that rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, the manager of the hotel. Yeah, she's uh, horrendous. She she was something else. Uh, the fact that she said something like over the course of the time that she... I was talking to someone else. Over the course of the time that she was working there, she said 81 people had died or something like that. But if you Google... The amount of deaths at the Cecil Hotel, I believe it was only like 17 or something like that. <laughs> well, she was in the ballpark, I guess. 1781, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, traumatic for the for the family of Elisa Lam. Obviously, she came from Vancouver, where I'm from. Uh someone that I work with was close friends with her. They uh they worked with her at a side gig. So when this was all going down back in 2017, I believe, I, I followed this story very closely and thought, man, this girl was obviously taken from us. And we know that that it was in Skid Row, man. Like the worst of the worst, even though she thought she was checking into the stay on Main, she was basically at the Cecil Hotel, which is the same damn shit. That stay uh, on Main is is the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen. Sharing the same elevator and uh, I don't know. There's so many things that went on in that documentary that that was works crazy and the sleuths on the internet they they took it to a whole another level, man. Thinking that something was going on with the elevator, thinking that her foot was turned the opposite way that it was someone else, and I mean, holy crap, like. If you people that are listening to this, I see there's there's a few of you in the room. I, sorry that we're not talking MMA right now, but if you've seen this Elisa Lam documentary, pipe in in the chat. Let us know what you thought of it because it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And it proves that if you want to believe something, you will find the evidence that will sway you to believe it. And uh, the internet sleuths just baffled me. The whole case baffled me. I still I know how it all worked out. No spoilers for those of you that haven't seen it. I'm still baffled by it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had to get that out of the way because I was watching it and on your recommendation. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched it, then I highly recommend. I believe it's called The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. It's all over Netflix. It's obviously in the top ten. Uh, check oh. it out. And uh, yeah. we just got a comment, not about that, but. 
CFS, FC, MMA. Have a great show, guys. All the best. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy it. Keep on cracking along and enjoy the ride with us. Let's talk this past weekend, UFC 258. Uh, diving through the, the fights themselves, man. We had some great performances. Kicking off the main card, Julian Marquez. Man, I, I don't know. We even know what to say. I, 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 I told you in the lead up to this fight that I was picking against him um because of the long layoff but yes. holy crap he stuck in there it was insane. so it was such insane. an impressive performance i mean so good it just shows the grit man like he could have been finished at any point in there and with just minutes left in the fight he pulls off a submission victory it was insane and then he shoots his shot with miley cyrus and doesn't follow up on it <laughs> well he says so, she loves him because she tweeted about it right <laughs> everything that he did to build himself up he immediately let the air out of so exactly diving back into that elisa lamb thing we got a comment here from white van the entire thing hinged on the misstatement about the lid being closed it totally did dude it did and that, that was that the was, biggest and the fact that early on even in the show when they talked to the the janitor of the hotel he specifically stated right off the hop that the lid was open. So yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't understand where these people got the lid being closed. It, it's again, like you said, Dan, if you get something in your head and you truly believe it, you'll find evidence. You'll find evidence that yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's move on up UFC 258 on the main card featherweights. Well, bantamweights, but moving up to featherweight for this fight, Ricky Simone earns a unanimous decision. One of the best performances I think I've seen from Ricky Simone against Brian Kelleher. Uh, Super his, good. His ability to land strikes and distance management. Uh, listening to his corner was the best thing I saw out of the guy. He dropped and, and shot for takedowns at almost the best times possible. And, and Kelleher just couldn't find him. Yeah, I was very impressed with, with Ricky Simone in that fight. It was the best that I remember having seen him looked, and uh, just I'm I'm excited now, and that's what's cool about MMA is there's someone who you you like and you might respect, but then you get inspired by their performance, and now you want to see him again, and that's sure. where I'm at with Simone. I, I want to see his next fight. Yeah, and, and he's arguably looking at a top ten opponent. He's he's uh, he's proved that he's one of the best in the division, despite some some you know turmoil in in past fights or sure. a few setbacks he's proved that he can fight with the best and and i'd love to see him against a, a top-notch contender in his next fight yeah me too another guy that uh didn't surprise me i thought he was gonna get the victory i'm not sure whether i said that or not i i think i might have chose kelvin gaslam by decision i i'm not positive <laughs> i don't remember yesterday let alone last podcast but Kelvin Gastelum looked very good in this performance. Now, again, what like we said, you don't know which Kelvin Gastelum you're going to get in there. Yeah. Is it the Kelvin Gastelum who misses weight? Or is it the Kelvin Gastelum that we did see this past weekend because he looked phenomenal in there in this fight? Very efficient fighter. Um, that that version of Kelvin Gastelum is a problem at 185. I, I just wish, like you said, we could uh, consistently count on that being the the kelvin that shows up um blown away by his performance he had some adversity in there he ate a couple clean knees 
and uh, just would follow down and get the takedown. And he did everything that he had to do to secure the victory. And that's what you have to do at that level. 100%. Uh, Co-main event, Macy Barber against Alexa Grasso. I thought Barber was going to get the job done. Um, you thought Grasso was. You yeah. picked this one correctly. And Grasso, again, like many of the people on this card, looked the best that I've ever seen her look. She might not have finished Macy Barber, but she picked her apart. Her striking, yeah, she, was, her striking but, was through the roof, and she had no problems on the ground with Macy Barber, where a lot of people thought she was going to have issues. Yeah, I, I thought that there could be potentially some issues on the mat for her. She The first two rounds were just unbelievably talented. She fought well. She used good footwork, good head movement, got in and outside of range really well. The third round, Macy Barber showed why she's probably going to be a future contender. She dug deep and she pressured and, you know, she did well in the third round. But uh, that's a good fight between uh, two good fighters. And I'm, I'm all for that. I love good fights. I also liked that Dana White said that Macy Barber is, is just young. Yes. She's got a lot of talent and a lot of upside ahead of her. And and he doesn't say that about a lot of people. If no. people lose, he, he, he can dog on them. He can, oh, he, yeah. can, he can completely fall to the back burner. You could be the best one day, but you know, you're only as good as your last fight. And Dana White, we've seen fall that way. I'm glad with his he champions. I mean, he's, he's done it with yes. Tyron Woodley. He's done it with Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> done it with GSP, man. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> so, Unless you're a Patriot or a Celtic, yeah. Dana White's a Fairweather fan. So, <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that he was that way with Macy Barber, though, which was was cool to see. Yeah, I agree. Main event. My goodness, Kamaru Usman weathered the storm in the first round. Gilbert Burns looked like he was going to get the job done and stop him in the very first round. And Usman turned the page as of round two. Listen to his head coach. Trevor Whitman is obviously an absolute genius in the corner. And uh, basically turned the table, man. It was night and day. We, saw, we saw Gilbert Burns knock him and rock him, not just once, but twice in the first round, and wasn't even able to get close to him in the second round. And in the third round, Usman was able to stop the fight very, very early on. I was so impressed. It's so impressive to watch Usman fight because the right hand that he walked into in the first round that Burns landed, that's a fight ender for a lot of welterweights. Um, a lot of guys can't take that shot. But Usman weathered it well. And then I, I, I said, I think, uh, the night of the fight on Twitter that I haven't seen the jab utilized any better since maybe George St. Pierre. Uh, that jab from both sides, Southpaw that, and Orthodox. That was the craziest thing was that Forget he, it. Rocked, he rocked him in the second round with the jab Orthodox. Yeah. And in the third round, he stopped him with a jab Southpaw. Like, it, unbelievable. It, yeah. It doesn't, you don't see anyone land those. No. Usman is a, and he's just different, man. He's so good. He's so, I, I put him in my top two or three pound for pound. I, I don't see anybody uh, at welterweight competing with him at a, you know, consistent level. No, uh, tough to say. And the thing is, is I've always been that guy that said, you know, Usman is a boring fighter. I don't think I will ever say that again. 
No, he's he's he's, he's just he's just better than everybody else. And uh, who do you see him against next? Like, I mean, obviously, Wonder Boy called him out. He's one of the guys that's in the list, but I don't think Wonder Boy has earned that shot yet. Yeah, and you know, the other side is Wonder Boy just turned a fight down because his hands aren't healthy yet. So I don't think he needs to be calling out anybody. Um, I honestly, as much as it pains me to say, I think the second best welterweight in the world is Colby Covington. And we've seen that fight. I, I would love to see those two get go again, run it back. But Colby has to beat somebody else first. Yeah, I think we see him fight Masvidal. I don't want to see it. I think it happens though, just because it could be a bit of a money fight. Yeah, you I know, think as much as, as much as we want to see, a champion fight a contender. I think money talks. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you know what? I don't hate that fight. You know, Masvidal brings a circus-like atmosphere, which is kind of fun. And I think he'll bring the best out of Usman and again. And it'd be nice to see what he does with a full camp rather than, you know, yeah, a limited camp. And I, I, There's nobody else out there right now at 170 that's banging the door down that I have to see. Although we have a little news that Bilal Muhammad is stepping up to fight Leon Edwards. Yeah, that's it. That's the winner of that fight could have something to say about the welterweight division. They definitely could because Leon Edwards has been knocking on the door for how long and, and hasn't, hasn't gotten his shot. Are you surprised at all that Leon took this fight? Um, Really, I see him as being really game, somebody who'll take on all comers. I'm actually more surprised that Bilal Muhammad wanted the fight. Um, I think I think it's going to be a, an awesome fight. Um, the winner is going to certainly have uh, moved way up the division. I mean, how many fights in a row has Muhammad won now? Seven? Yeah, I believe so. But looking at so looking at the rankings here, which were updated. Bilal is sitting at 13th in the welterweight division and Leon Leon Edwards is at three. So it is a, in terms of ranking wise, yeah, it's a weird fight. It's a big fight for Leon Edwards to take because if he loses to number 13, where does he drop to? He'll still stay in the, he'll still stay in the top 10. I'm sure because guys like, like Iron Woodley at seven, I think the guy who's knocking on the door, to be honest with you, and I saw Rick Little post about this. Is Michael Chiesa? He's the. Yeah. He's, uh, we could see. Could we see him against Colby Covington? I would. I would watch. You know. I would. I would like that. Um, we also need to figure out who's going to be the coaches for the Ultimate Fighter. You know. And is it going to be welterweights? Right. Like, it will be welterweights, from what I've been well, told. The division will be welterweights. That I've heard the coaches mean, do. Oh yeah. Well, and like Kenny Florian said, he heard that as well. So he said that on his podcast with Anik. So. Could be coming from the horse's mouth, right? So Exactly. Interesting. I, I just think that whole welterweight division, I mean, back in the day, it was a who's who's of of stars when it was GSP as the champ. And, you know, we had Tiago sure. Alves. We had, it was just running with guys. And, and it seems like we're getting back to that point where, we have Usman as the champion. Then we have Covington and Burns and Edwards and Masvidal. Like, all the way to 15, you have names, names, man. Robbie Lawler yeah. is sitting at 15. And, I mean, 
it's crazy. It, it's such a stacked division and we don't hear about it as much as we should because no one tags along with that champion, which is the yeah. complete problem. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I heard that Usman said that he would go to 185 to fight for the title, but only if it was Insania, who we all know is at 205 now. What but is if, he uh, Because he's not... He's, well, for the next fight. For the next yeah. fight, yeah. I would love to see... Uh, Israel and Zanya go back down to 185 and fight Usman for, you know. It'd be an interesting fight. I th- And Usman is a big 70-er. But I think Usman wins. Striking-wise, man, I don't know. Izzy's on another level with that. We'll see. I mean, hopefully we'll see. Knock on wood. That's one of those fights that we talk about and talk the talk and – you know, a super fight that just never plays into it. MMASucker.com's Matt Bricker says, what's up, boys? What's going on, Matt? Yep, Matt? Putting up some great pieces these days, my friend. Uh, we'll go over some of those uh, later yeah. in the show. But this weekend, oh, let's look at this. Nate Freeman, he said, as long as it wasn't Izzy, he'd move up. Oh, the- as long as it wasn't Izzy. Yeah. Did I say it? Well, yeah. Okay. So, so, well, so that's the thing. Will he be a? Will he be? Will he relinquish the the belt, or will he move up to eighty five and and just stick with that that division? You know what I mean? Like I hate these guys that bounce between two divisions. We saw Connor hold two different belts and not defend one of them. Yeah, he's never defended a belt. No, he hasn't defend. He didn't defend a belt in Cage Warriors either. So. <laughs> yeah, the first, the, the next time he defends a belt will be the first time. Exactly. So I don't want to see you guys clogging up divisions. And I mean, we got Amanda Nunez, who's a double division champion as well. And there's no one at 45 for her. We got Megan Anderson, but I don't know. There's, I think she should stick at 35 and leave 45 for the bigger girls. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the 45 division in, you know, is basically you know, non-existent. Exactly. All right. This weekend, UFC Vegas. 19. I believe that's what it's called. I mean, there's so many names for these cards that you type them into Google and you never know what you're going to get. You put UFC fight night, 185, which this is supposed to be, I believe. And it, uh, it brings up something from last October. So let's talk about this though. It's a six fight main card, which we just figured out yesterday (laughs) and, uh, kicking it off heavyweights, former UFC heavyweight champion, Andre Arlovsky takes on Tom Aspinall. Very interesting fight because we have the up-and-coming Aspinall taking on the vet who's had more fights than frickin' holy crap. It's yeah, crazy to I mean, see how I, I think Arlovsky's I, had compared to Aspinall. Like, I think this is his 34th fight in the UFC alone. Yeah, he's he's 30-19 with two no contests. So, I mean, like, he's been around for longer than, than Aspinall's like he's probably still sucking on his mom's teat when Andre Arlovsky started fighting. <laughs> All right. Maybe then. <laughs> First of all, is... I don't know. Maybe he was bottle fed. I'm not, I, I don't know. I'm True, not as close it... as you are, I guess. <laughs> it's an interesting matchup at nine and two. Aspinall is an up and coming guy. He's uh he's got power. He's, he's finished 89% of his fights by knockout, 11% by sub. None of his fights have gone to a decision. Arlovsky known for his power as well, unless he gets stupid and, you know, throws a flying knee like he did against Fedor. And 
in those days. Uh, but Andre Arlovsky, we've seen in his past few fights, has fought smart fights. He's been able to utilize his striking and not rush in when he has had a fighter rocked. He's not been the Arlovsky of old. We've seen a different Arlovsky. And I think, I don't know, at a at the dog that he is in this fight, I think I could take Andre Arlovsky in this fight. Andre Arlovsky is going to get knocked out. You think so? Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be particularly long into the fight. I think that uh, Aspinall, if you look at his last six wins, five are in the first round and one is yep. in the second round. Um, Arlovsky can't pull the trigger like he used to. No, he can't. I'll agree with that. And that's what I mean by him fighting a little more. Maybe smart was the wrong word. I'll say tentative. I think he's going to get it. To me, I, I wrote the preview for this fight over on Sucker. So I kind of, you know, have some of the stats fresh in my mind. I just don't see this fight going very long. I think that it's just a matter of time before Aspinall catches him with a big shot. And I think when he does, he folds him up. And I think this might be the uh, last hurrah for Arlovsky. Well, it won't be a hurrah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, he's in the UFC. Hurrah for him, right? I will say this, though. Andre Arlovsky, about five years ago, we thought he had a glass chin. And over the past few fights, we've seen him take some punches and, and keep on moving forward. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe don't, his conditioning's a little better. <laughs> it could be conditioning. It also could be, you know, these guys, heavyweights, when you get hit with a four-ounce glove, you know, you can go to sleep on any one of them. Yeah. When I say glass, when I think of a glass jaw, I look at shots that wouldn't have hurt somebody in the past that now are. Like if you look at Chuck Liddell's final fights, the Rich Franklin fight, uh, those fights, those are shots that Chuck would have taken without incident earlier in his career. Oh, yeah. And uh, he just got chinny and it happens. And it happens when, you know, you get hit a lot. And Arlovsky, I think, is in good condition. He's got a decent chin, but he's got a lot of mileage on those tires. Uh, does he ever, as we said, <laughs> I'd love to see him go grapple. I'd like to see his use his Sambo submission stylings. Yeah. But we won't. Good. No. It's too stubborn. Uh, the next one up, I actually wrote the preview for this one. Philip Hawes against Nasruddin Imavov. This is a fun fight between two prospects. I, I was surprised that it was on the main card. I mean, it is a fight night card, but these two guys are are riding great win streaks, and I'm guessing that's why it's on the main card. Yeah. And the UFC knows that either one of these guys could be stars in the division in the future, both sitting at 9-2, and two, both huge win streaks, and both guys have very well-rounded games. Hawes comes into this with a 78% knockout efficiency rating. Whereas Imavov has knockouts, submissions, decisions. They both yeah. bring different things to the table. And I said that in the in the preview. I said that we all know that Haas coming into the octagon is going to look to knock you out. He finished his fight, his last fight. His, it wasn't his octagon debut. It was his UFC debut other than Contender Series. Sure. We saw him knock the guy out in 18 seconds. It was very impressive. The guy has knockout power with both his hands. He's got TNT in those fists. And we know Imovov can do it from a 
ver variety of different aspects. He can knock you out, but he can also take you down to the ground like those those crazy Russians do and, and utilize their grappling game and their submissions. So I think it's a stylistic matchup. That's going to be fun. If Hawes is able to keep this on the feet, I believe he gets the job done and he knocks him out. If the fight goes to the canvas, we may see a different story and Imovov picks it up, but I think Hawes will land a big, big punch. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment as well. If they stand and trade, Hawes will land. If, if it goes to the mat and there's, you know, some grappling going on, uh, he could definitely lose. But I see it the same way, and I see Haas picking up the win. Moving on up. Moving. As I said, six fights. So that's two fights in. The next fight, a heavyweight bout. Alexi Olenek takes on Chris Dawkus. Plus 140 for Olenek, minus 177 for Chris. And uh, obviously we know Alexi Olenek has... Uh, like more fights than anybody on the UFC roster. Probably he's like Joe Riggs esque. <laughs> yeah. The guy is, it's insane how many fights he has, but this is a fight where Olenek is, what is he sitting at? A plus plus one forty underdog. I think I've seen it higher than that. Yeah. Uh, on, on some sites. I, I don't got see it at plus 80, 180. I don't see how he loses this fight, to be honest with you. No, I don't either. I think he wins it. Oh, I do too. I think this is easy money submission victory. I completely agree with that. I was leaning the exact same way. I almost picked him in last one standing because I saw him higher than 150. Yeah. I couldn't pull the trigger on it because it ended up dropping before I picked it. But yeah, I, th I think Alexi wins this fight handily. How do I? I agree. Wow. Not too often are we on the same page there. Yeah, but, two in a row. But again, as I said, with last one standing, very rarely will I pick the heavyweights because you just really never know what happens in those fights. <laughs> but the next fight I'm super excited about, featherweight bout Charles Rosa takes on Derek Minner. This is, should be a very fun fight. It could be fight of the night on this card uh, if, if, if we see it go the way I think it does. It, it could be... A slug fest, a grapple fest. Both these guys know how to fight, know how to get the job done in the in the octagon. And I, I toss the coin with this one, man. I, yeah. I, I I don't know who wins it because it's it's just so stylistically made. It, the, the matchmakers did a great job with this fight. If I'm gonna go out on a limb, I'm gonna take Charles Rosa just because I know his game a little more. I think Charles Rosa wins, um, but I'm with you. I think that the fight could go either way. I think it's going to be a very fun fight. So the fans are going to win on that one. Yeah, both guys have skills in in, in all aspects of the of the game as well. You know. Yeah, they're well rounded we've martial seen, artists. Yeah, we've seen both guys do well on the ground. I think Charles Rosa is a black belt in jujitsu. Uh, we've seen him do well on the ground, and we've seen Minner do well with grappling exchanges. So. Again, it could go either way, but I'm I'm gonna pick Rosa in that fight. I like it. Next, next up, women, women's bantamweight. We have Ketlin Vieira against Yana Kunitskaya. Number six versus number seven. Not too often do we see two fighters that are that close in rankings fight each other, unless they're the top of the division. And we have Vieira at a minus two seventy eight, which is such a weird odd. 
and uh, Kunitskaya at yeah, 278 and Kunitskaya at plus 215. I think Vieira gets the job done easily in this fight. You and I again, same page. Like very easily. Like I think she stops her in the first round early on. I, I, I could see it being, if, if, if I'm betting over under, I see under two and a half minutes. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's sometimes, I, I, I don't know. I think that she wins the fight. I think she, she is better at all aspects of the game. I don't know whether that translates into a fast stoppage or not, just because, you know, stoppages are less frequent. Especially um, in the women's division. Well, women's especially division. not even women, but the, the lighter weight class. The lighter weight classes for the women, yeah. So I could see this one going three rounds, but I, I see it being like a 30-25, 30-26 type score I think, in favor of Kevin. I'll say that I think it's a stoppage the way it is because I think she's going to be able to get her to the ground. And I think she's just going to control her there. So if it does go to a decision, I like your thoughts in terms of 30-25. Yeah. But I think that she is going to handle her like like she's going to have no space whatsoever on the Very ground. Possible. And, I, and I mean, we know her name is Phenomeno. And for a reason, she's going to be that inside the octagon on Saturday night. Yes. The main event, heavyweights, Curtis Blades against Derek Lewis. Again, heavyweights are so tough to pick. I know you think one way and you think it's going to go easily, but you never know with Derek Lewis. We think that he could get knocked out. He could get stopped. He could gas like he does. Sometimes he plays possum in there. With heavyweights, I never like to make a pick, but I do think Curtis Blades gets this stoppage victory and uh, i I think it's the easiest fight on the card to pick do you yeah i think blades is just gonna take him down rinse repeat rinse repeat um like he said on uh i think it was with ariel hawani he said that you know people want him to go out there and punch but why you know he has a win bonus of a hundred thousand dollars so his (laughs) his game plan is to go out there and win. And the best way he can win this fight is to control it on the ground. And I think, you know, we've seen Lewis taken down, but he always has an ability. It seems to pop right back up to his feet. And I think against blades, that's not going to be the case. It's an interesting look. It, it sounds very, uh, Roy Nelson esque of, uh, Curtis blades. The way he says that, yeah. you know, you know, take a guy down, pitter patter. The referee has to stop it if you hit him enough times. <laughs> pitter patter, let's get at her. Exactly. Uh, anything else on this card before we talk? Uh, last one standing quickly um, that sticks out in your mind. Oh, uh, it's a pretty deep guard. Uh, but no, there's. I, I'm actually a fight that I'm excited to see is the Jakar Close uh, Lewis Pena fight. Yep. I think that's a stylistic fight that should be really interesting. I like Eamon Zahabi against Draco Rodriguez as well. I think that showcases both those guys. Uh, it's a big step up for, I mean, Zahabi is a is an underdog in this fight, but it, it should be fun regardless. I will tell you my last one standing picks. I've got two left. You've got Uno. Uno. Uh, I picked 
Let me go through the card. I almost picked Survey Spivich in the opening fight, and then I realized, no, I'm not going to take a heavyweight. So I moved on up the card, and I took Rafael Alves at a minus 200 against Pat Sabatini as one of my picks. And then I took her car close to finish Luis Pena. Oof. Wow. <laughs> I would have gone the opposite way on both of those. Really? He's a minus 200 favorite. He's, I mean, yeah. I don't think Pena gets the job done. I think the only way Pena wins is if he submits him off his back. Could very well be. I think that he could stop him from the top as well. I think. I don't think he, he ever ends fight... up on top. I don't. I don't think he ever ends up on top. I think Close has his takedown defense is good. Uh, he's got good wrestling. I, I think if the fight goes to the ground, it's due to Jakar Close taking it to the mat. In my opinion, I hear you. That's that's a good position. I think that it's going to be a clinch along the fence, a uh, trip takedown from Pena. And I think if he gets the fight down to the mat, he'll uh, control it. I was this close to taking Chaz Skelly. I, he's he's too hit or miss for me. You just don't know which. He's too hit or miss. Yeah. I'm just never sure what I'm going to get out of him. I took, uh, I took Curtis Blades. Like I said, I think it's the easiest victory on the card. So that's the one I took. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Friday night. Let's move backwards. Backtrack. LFA 100. I believe you're covering. Oh, you're not covering this. I'm not covering it. Yeah, Nate (laughs) jumped on it. I did the preview, but Nate's doing the results. So, for their 100th card, are you excited? I'm excited to see it. The card itself is not as exciting as I thought maybe it could be. I thought they'd really stack it. Um, but yeah, it should be a fun card. It should be a, a, a good night of fights. Vacant flyweight title in the main event, Victor Altamirano against Nate Smith. That should be a fun fight. Both guys with uh, one blemish on their record. Uh, they're both sitting ranked in their Midwest uh, rankings on topology, number one and number four in the U.S. Midwest at flyweight. Obviously, those are guys outside of the UFC. So yeah. Nate like taking that. the fight on short distance. I mean, on yeah, short notice. Short notice. I think it, the card overall is pretty fun. And again, like we like about LFA, the cards move fast. And it's only a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight card. I know. I picked of, the wrong one not to cover. Right. There were about, there were like four or five canceled fights for the card. Yeah. But it. It has a pretty cool fight poster as well, if you haven't seen it. It uh, does. Here it, here I agree. It is. Let's share that screen because it's pretty cool. Uh, let's move on over to Tapology and show you the fight poster. Gold gloves, uh, Alta Morano against Smith on the poster, and 100 in the background. I wonder if they're going to do anything with that cage canvas. I'd love to see it that gold color. Yeah, it'd be cool. But I'm excited. I'm glad to see them move forward and, and get to that 100th card again. Ed Suarez doing his thing. Uh, very excited about the 100th card. I saw an article over on MMAJunkie.com that uh, those guys did. John Morgan did an interview with Ed Suarez. It was pretty cool. So 
I really liked that. And uh, let's talk about some of the news. We already talked about the announcement of Leon Edwards against Bilal Muhammad. Uh, what about good old Brian Caraway? <laughs> Earlier this week, actually yesterday, it was announced that he tried to steal Misha Tate's ATV, I believe. What yeah. the hell is the deal? Like, why? It makes zero sense. I don't under I don't even understand the reasoning behind it. <laughs> well, number one, Polaris razors are very cool. <laughs> but yeah, he uh if you're gonna look up in a manual how not to try to commit insurance fraud, this is probably what you would find. He goes to her house on video and steals it. Okay, strike one. He then goes and forages the title, strike two. He buys insurance on it, strike three, and then two days later tries to file the insurance claim. Yeah. What the yeah. hell are you thinking? And says that the vehicle was worth 18500 It was stolen. Two days after you buy the insurance policy, you try to cash it in on a stolen ATV. <laughs> after that... being caught on video stealing it. I know. That, that's the thing. What? Are you thinking why? Because he wanted to pull. He wanted that money. That's why. <sighs> Times just, is tough for Brian Caraway, apparently. Just don't get it. Next time, start a GoFundMe. I'd chip in. Just you know, <laughs> what the hell? It's like I'm Brian Caraway. I used to be a ranked competitor and had Misha Tate. I lost both. Yeah, Misha Tate. I obviously made the right decision. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that hurts. I Sorry, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move away from that because we don't want to get ourselves in too much trouble. Uh, Bellator announced via an official press release on Thursday that the promotion will launch official rankings. Top ten lists are expected in advance of Bellator 255 on April second, and the promotion will also have pound-for-pound pound ranking list. So the voting panel is made up of a bunch of uh, reporters from a bunch of different outlets. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Like, I mean, obviously it's subjective, but again, it's much like the UFC rankings back in the, well, even currently. Which are but a, a lot of, But a lot of the initial guys that were on board making those UFC rankings left and dropped ship because they didn't like the way things were done. So... Do you think it's going to be much of the same with Bellator? Oh, I can't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, you're pulling from the media who all have different ideas. And, you know, I've always been very critical of the UFC rankings just because sometimes it seems as if it's just being done to promote a single fight rather than to actually keep honest-to-goodness rankings. I mean, when you haven't fought for two years and all of a sudden you come back ranked number two or three, it, it's yeah. like, come on. No, but you're not fooling anybody. Um, I I would, if I were a Bellator or a UFC, I would handle the rankings in-house. Exactly. I mean, you, you're, the matchmakers have the access and the insight. Promoters have better access and insight than anybody. Why turn something as, as potentially as important as the rankings of your fighters and potential championships and everything to other, to people outside of that. 
and people who you have a contentious relationship with often. Yeah, you know, well, especially the UFC. Sure. I, I don't understand why they don't handle it in house, but you know, the way I see it, the only rankings that are going to matter are the MMA sucker rankings. <laughs> Coming soon. I mean, soon we're going to drop those on uh, MMA sucker live. So. We will. We'll uh, let everyone know about our official rankings. I'm not sure whether we'll do weight divisions completely or whether it'll just be a pound for pound list because I don't know. Updating them could be a pain in the ass, but we'll talk about it and let you guys know if you guys want to view MMA sucker rankings from each different weight class, we can bring that to you. We can make that happen. Let's share the MMA sucker main page and go over some stuff that we've got on the site. As we speak, we've got a great interview with Danny Sabatello of Titan FC's the champ from Michael DeSantis. Uh, that guy is put- UFC ready, man. Oh, hundred percent. Michael's been putting out some great interviews the past few days. Yeah. Uh, he's got this, he's got, I believe he's got this Kevin Lee article as well oh no kenny lee did the kevin lee piece about my love for the game is back which is cool uh we've got news we've got fight previews for every single main card fight almost every single main card fight this cool article on uh rough nation if you haven't heard of them it's an asian promotion they're hosting a 16 man road to one heavyweight tournament where the winner of the tournament gets an exclusive contract to one championship and it'd be cool to see someone other than one championship do something like this i know the ufc obviously has you know the ultimate fighter but a promotion that's on ufc fight pass like even something like battlefield fight league up here in vancouver if they hosted uh an eight-man tournament where the winner of the tournament gets a shot at the ufc I think I think that would draw eyes to all these regional promotions, and and I think it's a pretty damn cool thing that Ruff is doing with one championship. I agree completely. I would love to see more tournaments and and determine you know guys who can then go on to fight at the next level. Exactly, and and even if they're not ready, even get them it, it, with the UFC. Who knows? Maybe it'll earn them a shot at the Contender Series or something yeah. like that, or the I, Ultimate Fighter with that coming back. Exactly. Also on the site, as I said, we've got all these previews for this weekend. Uh, Here's another interview from Michael DeSantis with John Castaneda. Uh, We've got our UFC Vegas 19 betting tips. I'm not going to click it because you should go click it and find out what there is. Matt Bricker's been doing uh, some articles and interviews with some Polish stars, which are pretty cool as well. And uh, that about does it for the main page over at MMASucka.com. But we've also got launched just yesterday a store, the MMA Sucka store. Let me pull that up for you. We've got T-shirts. We've got mugs. We've got oh, we've got pillows. We've got masks for the coronavirus needs. <laughs> we've got phone cases. So the whatever you need, be, we've got exactly the link will be in the description below. Uh, but here is a look at the store. We've got fanny packs, we've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got mugs, we've got women's leggings, stickers, tank tops. It's coming up on spring and summer. We've even got beach towels, joggers, plain old t-shirts with a few different designs. I'm super stoked about this. We've had a few orders. We had actually quite a few orders yesterday, which was cool to see. 
uh, people hopping aboard and enjoying getting the MMA Sucker logo on their clothes. And to be honest with you, this is the very first time that we've actually had the MMA Sucker logo from the website on a shirt because previously I've done like one-off designs where they're limited edition and uh, they've been designed by like a, a clothing design or a graphic designer. So Star Wars style, uh, like run DMC where it said MMA Sucker, stuff like that. And it's never been the actual MMA Sucker logo. This is the first time that the MMA Sucker logo has been on clothing. So hopefully you guys enjoy it, pick it up, and uh, help out and support the site because we get a share of the profits, obviously, and uh, help us out along the way. We're almost at 45 minutes, Dan. Plus it's I'd cool gear. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there that I'd like to get as well, so... Yeah, having a mug on the desk and and drinking out of my MMA sucker mug on the podcast is is would be pretty cool. Gotta get those MMA sucker or sucker live t shirts for the podcast. Exactly. Uh, anything else you want to say, Dan? Before we get these people out of our living rooms or kitchens or wherever they're watching us from, hopefully you're not driving and watching. But uh, if you are, pull on over. Don't crash the car. Uh, live fast, drive fast, take chances. <laughs> that's your ending we'll end it there check us out on uh on all your platforms check us out on twitter at mma sucker check myself out on twitter it says it right there underneath you can see it where's my finger do, 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 do. jeremy underscore six zero four check us out on instagram at mma underscore sucker we got a lot of cool stuff over on the website as i've said mmasucker.com check us out on teespring uh, the link to that will be in the description below the video here. Buy yourself a t-shirt, buy yourself a mug, buy yourself a sticker. I don't care. Just support the website and the podcast. With that, enjoy this weekend. Enjoy LFA 100 and UFC Vegas 19. Drink lots. Drive fast, as Dan says. Peace out. Peace.